Hello. Hey, this is Krish. Hope you're doing well and welcome to Snowpal's podcast. If you're a teacher or a student, whether you're in high school or college, uh, you want to consider signing up on pitch.snowpal.com. Uh, we have a service that's uh, targeted specifically at you and has a bunch of features that will help you be uh, very organized uh, and improve your grades uh, ultimately. Um, and in this podcast, uh, I want to talk about uh, efficiency in development. Uh, that's a broad uh, three words. It covers. Uh, it can potentially cover a number of areas. So let me be very specific. When you're doing development, uh, you you're whether you're building new features or fixing bugs or whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, when you make a change, a code change, you want to see that be reflected as quickly as possible. And let me explain what I mean by that more specifically. Let's say somebody reports a bug in production, it's a UI bug, or they report an API bug in production, or some bug, right, for for what it's worth. That's one scenario. Or you're building a new feature, Uh, it's going to take you several days to build it, and you've broken that down into smaller milestones, so every few hours you know what you want to be able to accomplish. These are two uh, pretty different examples, but the, the underlying process in terms of efficiency of development that I want to talk about is no different between these two. And uh, the aspect of development efficiency I'm, I'm uh, trying to uh, specif- uh, talk about here is when you make a code change, uh, you don't want to have to bounce your server to see that code change be reflected, right? So essentially a hot deployment. So you make a code change and then it uh, boom, it shows up immediately, whether it's on the browser or on the mobile app or, or wherever it is that you want to be able to uh, verify uh, the correctness of that change. Now, if you have to bounce your server, uh, it's going to take you time, right? And it depends on which server it is and how your dev environment is set up. So uh, typically, in compiled platforms like Java, it tends to take a little bit more. Uh, but again, if you're making an API change in a Java in a Java app, uh, you don't have to, you know, you're not, uh, hopefully, right? And I've seen some folks do this, but it's it's super inefficient. So hopefully you're not making the code change uh, and deploying it to a server to test this whole thing, right? You Obviously, you're only going to do it when you get to integration testing or when you verify that your change actually works. But sometimes I see people do that uh, for every 10 lines of code they write. They go through the whole process and it takes like a good four to five minutes. And if you did that like 10 times a day and you've lost 15 minutes already. Uh, but that probably is not the more common scenario, uh, gladly, right? But the, the scenario that is more common, and in, in my mind, uh, it, it shouldn't be, is even though you're not deploying it to the server, uh, you make a code change. I'm taking Java as an example here. It's probably applicable to C Sharp and other things as well. Uh, you make a code change. Uh, it's an API change, so no UI repercussions. Uh, you uh, you have your you ha- let's say you have a UI app running on your machine as well, right? Let's say again the devil is in the detail. So as I'm as I make a statement, I think about all the variations that are possible, and I'm uh, and I uh, try to rethink. But I think that's all right. Hopefully, I'll get to a point in my podcasting experience where I take a really small topic and only stick to that topic. Uh, apologies for that digression. So back to what I was trying to say. You made an API change and then you're like, okay, I need to now restart my uh, server locally, right? API server locally to see that change. Now I go back to the UI and I hit that page and I can test the change. 
that's all right because you're not deploying so it's not taking a good five minutes but it's still taking like probably 30 or 60 seconds maybe more depending on your app your machine and a combination of other factors that's still a minute worth of time completely wasted right where you have to be twiddling your thumbs so the next step is what you do is look at let me not even bother with the ui because it's not a ui change why do i have to test my api change through a ui page so let me just uh let me write unit tests, right? J units or whatever unit tests you want to be able to write, uh, behavior-driven, test-driven, uh, all of those different kinds of tests, depending on what your test suite looks like. So you could write the test, uh, but if, uh, you know, uh, testing is great, right? We all have to do it. The more automated it is, uh, the less headache. So there's no two ways about that, right? I, it'll be like stating the obvious. But uh, here is the truth. Testing is expensive. It costs a lot of money, right? Uh, I mean, human resources card are the most expensive. So machine clearly doesn't cost that much. But what I mean is it takes time to write these tests. And I, I believe it, uh, you know, depending on your traversal and paths and the complexity of your code, I think it wouldn't be inaccurate to say that for every line of actual code that uh, is executed, you may have to write like three times as many lines of test code because you want to catch all the uh, permutations and combinations. Now, if you have a very robust test framework uh, and you have the time and the bandwidth and, and the dollars, obviously, to support it, then it's awesome. Uh, in my career, I've worked for uh, worked in teams that have had that kind of luxury of being able to implement all of those tests that they desired to. So your code coverage is pretty high. Uh, but I have to say that it's not always been the case and it's actually been the minority of the cases. Uh, most of the time, you have a test framework or a test suite, but it's, it's, the code coverage is pretty low, right? Because you're trying to do a lot of things in a short span of time. So you don't have the bandwidth to, uh, to add, you know, include all those tests. Now, whether it's a good idea or not, that's a discussion. That's an item for a different discussion altogether. Let me get back here. In my assumption here, let's say you don't have a whole lot of tests and, or you don't have time to write a lot of these, uh, uh tests. So what do you do in that case? So even if you wanted to not have a formal test suite with all these uh, unit and functional tests, even if you wrote like five lines of unit tests just to, uh, you know, verify the, the few lines of code that you just wrote, it's, it, it does take a, a, a decent amount of time, right? So you want to have another alternative. And uh, I've resorted to a few different options. Sometimes I write curl scripts to... To, which serve as a poor man's version of, of unit tests. They're not unit tests, but they sort of play the role of a functional test. Uh, but it, it serves multiple purposes. I can have that documented and I can give that to the UI team. I can also use that for testing my code as well if I'm making API changes in this example. Uh, but again, I've digressed quite a bit as always. Coming back to restarting and bouncing your servers when you don't have to. If, if your platform supports hot deployment, then great. But if it does not support hard deployment, here's what I think you probably need to do. Uh, you want to minimize the number of times you have to restart your server. So you have to have some kind of test that you have to write. Uh, and what that is, is changes dramatically from uh, platform to platform. When I'm doing Java development, I have these, these standalone tests, even if they don't become part of a, a test suite or a framework, I have code, quote unquote code that serves as a test. So I can write that, uh, which is essentially a standalone Java app, right? So you write that uh, quickly and then you don't have to worry about hard deployment or bouncing your server and you can test these 10 lines of code that you wrote. And I'm the kind of person who writes five lines or 10 lines, makes sure that that works. 
uh, whatever the process I follow for testing, whether it's curl or, or actually unit tests or functional tests or, or actually led having the UI run to verify something, whatever it be the case, I do ver make sure that I test every so often and that so often is every 15 minutes or every 10, 12 lines of code. Sometimes I'm writing like 50 or 80 lines of code and I'm testing it afterwards because uh, all of that is atomic and it's part of one small thing that I'm doing. But you know, I, I, it should suffice to say that I try to test as often as possible because you don't write like 500 lines of code and then test because then if something is not working, and trust me, something wouldn't be working if you wrote 500 lines without testing, you wouldn't know which aspect of the code to go back and fix. And then you're going to spend more time trying to figure out whether it's the first 50 lines, the middle 70 lines, or the end 25 lines, right? That's time wasted. So write fewer lines of code and make sure they work. And then you move to the next set of uh, writing the next set of lines. Now, the reason I mentioned the platform and the, its support for hot deployment plays a role is in the case of, let's say, when I'm writing Ruby code, for instance, right, Ruby server-side code, like using Core Ruby, uh, I uh, I can just go to, you know, I uh, use a few different gems. Uh, I use one called Tux as well on the Sinatra side. Uh, with Rails, you can use the Rails console. So what you can do is you just go there, execute your code literally in the console, and if it works, then you transfer and port that code over to your code base. So you, it is not a test, but you're actually writing that code and running it in your console um, before you make that uh, those lines part of your code base. Um, that's extremely quick, right? That's very, very quick. But the other times when I have to bounce the server and I don't need to, uh, there are a few uh, possibilities depending on, again, the platform that you're using. I If I'm writing Node code versus Ruby versus Java versus whatever, Dart, you know, we find a different way uh, to make that work so you don't have to bounce the server. But I've noticed that if it takes me like, say, six or five to six seconds to restart, the API server when I'm writing APIs, that's five seconds every 15 minutes or so, right? And if it's uh, assuming I'm testing every 15 minutes and then uh, it's not just once, uh, you may have written something and then it, it doesn't work so you just kill and then restart so you might have done it two times within the 15 minutes. But let's say you do it twice in 15 minutes, that's 10 seconds uh, in, a, in a minute, uh, sorry, in an hour, that's like about 60, 40 seconds, about a minute. Uh, these numbers are small, but what I'm saying is at the end of the day, you would have spent like about 20, 25 minutes uh, just restarting your service. And, you know, if it's 20, 25 minutes, let's make a round number. Let's say it's half an hour and an eight hour day. That's what? That's, you know, if you break uh, eight hours into 16, that's one sixteenth of your day, essentially, right? So one sixteenth of your day uh, essentially went in you bouncing servers and not doing anything productive because in those five or six seconds, you really cannot do anything else. So you're just waiting for that to start up and it's, it can become uh, very tedious and frustrating. So I make sure that as part of what I end up doing, you know, there are a few things you want to iron out on day one or day two when you're getting started with doing something new, whether it's for yourself or for a client, just make sure that your dev efficiency, just in the context, efficiency, just in the context of bouncing and restarting servers and whatnot, and testing the few lines of code that you write, is is not eating up much time because you know it's it's like death by a thousand cuts five seconds is not five seconds and it's you do it 10 times it's 50 seconds 100 times it's 500 seconds and then there's a big number because i've seen uh, places where sometimes to run your uh, g units uh, you know if you're a java shop and you have a ton of spring beans and hibernate uh, activity happening 
depending on how you've structured again there's a bit of architecture quite a bit of architecture not just in terms of the overall functioning of your app in production but also architecture from a dev efficiency standpoint it's possible that you're running this unit test might load a number of these beans and it's actually a three a good three minutes before you can test your 10 lines of code now take three minutes uh, and if you did that like 20 times a day, that's one hour a day. And sometimes it's a lot more. Uh, that's entirely wasted, right? That's entirely wasted time. So we want to make sure uh, we use that time more productively and for some other things. Um, hopefully that made some sense. Um, and uh, as I improve my podcasting, um, hopefully things make a lot more sense. Thanks for listening.